0: Hey guys, I am back. I hope you enjoyed your Labor Day last week. Um, I took the day off, so thank you guys so much. Although you guys were sliding into my DMs like, where's today's podcast? But I do take holidays off, so uh, I promised I'd be back today, and I am. Now today we're going to do things slightly different. Um, Usually I end the podcast with um, our email segment But I want to talk about two things specifically that coincide with these two emails. So I've seen a pattern coming through my emails, and so I'm going to try and talk about those two things specifically in today's podcast. Welcome to episode seven of Business Shit. I'm your host, Mimi G. Today's topic is patience sucks ass. You ready? Let's talk some shit. Okay. Here are the two emails that I wanna read before we get started. I'm gonna keep them both anonymous. I chopped them down a bit because they were lengthy. So the first one says, Hi Mimi, I currently am going through a rough patch with my relationship and life. I'm pursuing my dream of being a seamstress and teaching a kids sewing class part-time. I find it hard to push through most days. I lost a relationship of seven years and it has left me reeling. Your podcast is helping me, but I have a question. How do you get on the road to finding your authentic self? It feels like I don't even know where to begin. And also, what tools do you find useful in pushing through when things are just not working or when you're in the throes of hardship? It feels like I am in a tailspin. I have a long road ahead, but anything you can help to help forge me ahead would be more than helpful. I have a lot to say about that email. And I see her question parts of it in different various forms come across my emails a lot. And so I wanted to make today's podcast about answering part of that email and this next one that I'm about to read. Hi, Mimi. I heard about you in Gary V's latest book and just feel so inspired by your story and by all that you do. Thank you. I have a question about your podcast titled Stop Saying You Broke. It's actually, stop talking about you broke. When you speak about how you overcame your obstacles regarding money, working on your own, etc., can you suggest any techniques that changed your perspective? I'm asking more from a practical point of view because there's a lot of theory out there, like the law of attraction, when you just repeat constantly to yourself, but I'm not sure this is working for me. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about both these emails is because it talks about two things that are really important to me. And one is patience, and one is about how you think and changing how you think. And I've talked about both of these things um, in some of the podcasts that I've already done. But there's a lot of misconception around both of those. And so I thought that I would go back a little bit in my story and share some things with you because, you know, I often talk about Mimi G style and when I launched Mimi G style and when I started Mimi G style as a business right about five and a half years ago and you guys have seen that success and you guys if you have been following me for any length of time you have seen the growth but you haven't seen all the shit that didn't work (laughs) okay and so I want to be very clear about something I've been wanting to be an entrepreneur for a long ass time And I've done a lot of things that you guys probably don't even know about that did not work. And along that time, I learned patience and then I learned what it was that I really wanted to do. So I wanted to share that because I want you to know that it takes patience and time for you to get to a place where you find whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing, okay? Whatever that that happy place is for you, It's going to take time, and it's going to take patience, and it's going to change you changing how you think about not just your life, but your business, and I've talked about that shit before, but I think some people don't understand how it works, so I'm going to help you. Now, when I first decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I didn't know exactly what that meant. I just knew that I needed to find something that I could do for myself that didn't require somebody else to pay me. And somehow in the back of my mind, I knew that the way to really be successful in what I wanted to specifically do would require me to be an entrepreneur, even though I didn't know what the hell I was doing or even what I was talking about. So I had to think about what was I good at? And sewing hadn't even came into my mind at that time, right? So I thought, well, I'm really good at being an administrative assistant, And I'm really good at organizing and cleaning shit. (laughs) So I started a company that was called Maze. It was an acronym for Mimi at Your Service. Mimi at Your Service provided a lot of different services, right? We did... um, administrative services that you could hire me to do, whether it was your books or answering your calls or helping you schedule. And then I did organizing where I would go into your house and I would organize your closet or organize your office and get things in order and set up systems. And I'm really good at that. Like I'm a little bit OCD, if I'm honest, I get a little bit like crazy about it. But those are things that I was good at and I was good at keeping things clean. So part of one of the services was housekeeping. Now, I didn't realize that when I was setting up all of these services, that I was gonna be the one doing all of them because I couldn't afford to hire anybody to come do this shit, so I was the one doing it. And I remember that I didn't so much mind the administrative jobs, right? And I didn't so much mind the organizing stuff because it was exciting for me to go into people's houses and go through all their things and put it all neatly and make it look amazing. Then I realized, that a lot of people are nasty, okay? And when I was walking into these people's houses, they rooms, Lord Jesus, okay? And I would sit there organizing these things, thinking to myself, you know, I'm doing a service, I'm, I'm getting them organized. And then I started cleaning people's houses. And let me tell you something. I have a deep, deep appreciation for people who work in that service, okay? Custodians, people who, who clean things for a living. I appreciate it and I admire it because I had to do it and I did not enjoy it. And let me tell you something. When I would go into somebody's house and I'm sitting in their bathroom, scraping dried up shit off the side of their toilet to keep it clean, I knew, girl, this is not what you are supposed to be doing. But did I clean the shit? I cleaned the shit. And then I took the money, and then I went home, and I fed my kids. But I knew that's not what I was supposed to do. Let me tell you how it ended. It ended because I got to a point where I was able to bring someone on, because I had enough accounts, okay, that I brought somebody on to help me, and that person stole something from one of the houses that we were cleaning. And the person whose house we were cleaning called me and told me, and I had to go to this person, who was a friend of mine at the time, and say, yo, did you take something out of this house? After a little bit of you know, <laughs> coercing, she gave it up. And I had to drive back to the person's house, literally with like feeling like shit, and give this back to the person, apologize, and thank her profusely that she didn't take any further action because I wasn't licensed and I wasn't insured. I decided, okay, this ain't for me. I need to rethink what I want to do. And that was the end of Mimi at your damn service, okay? Then when I got pregnant, I decided with Imani, I decided that I was going to do children's clothing and I was going to sell kids' clothing, right? I had started to sew. I wasn't sewing for myself, but I thought, you know what, I'll get back to sewing and I'm going to sew some kids' clothes. So I did. I started sewing Um, clothing for little girls and I was really excited about it and I thought you know I'll just have a line of children's clothing and I'll be able to sell it online and this is going to be great and I opened up an online boutique and I made the samples and I put them up and I photographed Imani in them and I even had friends who let me borrow their kids so I could photograph them and I was so excited about it but sales were a little slow okay and one day I got an I got an order for like (laughs) $13,000 and I was like oh my god I have made it somebody bought all this shit and now I'm gonna make it and I'm gonna have this money and this is amazing and it's all gonna be great so they said well we're we're we can't do this online but we're gonna send you a check y'all already know where I'm going with this right But listen, I didn't know. I didn't know nothing about how things worked. I said, okay. I took the order and then I waited for this check to get there and then the check got there and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, it's a check for $13,000. Like I couldn't even believe it. I went to the bank, I deposited the check. About two days later, the bank called me and asked me to come in. I went to the bank, I sat down, and they said, ma'am, we have to let you know that this is a fraudulent check. (laughs) And we traced it to, I believe it was Nigeria at the time. I'm not quite sure, but I I think it was. And apparently it was this long scheme that had been happening that I was unaware of. And I was going to send all these clothes, (laughs) I was going to ship them out, and then I was going to be shit out of luck. And that broke my heart. When that, when that agent told me that that check was fake, I just didn't, I was so embarrassed. And then on top of that, they were looking at me side-eyed, like, did I have anything to do with this? And that scared me. And I thought, okay, well that's the end of itty bitty wear. Then my friend and I, who have been friends for ages, started a company called Lifestyle Enhancers. Y'all can laugh, that shit is whack. Lifestyle Enhancers was basically a service where you could come to us and we would make your wildest dreams come true. Listen, if you needed to get into the hottest restaurant and you couldn't get in, we promised that we would get you in. If you was trying to get to the hottest club or you were trying to pull off an event with celebrity attendees, we promised you that we could do it. We couldn't do shit, okay? Okay. We didn't know how to do this, but you know, we sat there thinking we have enough connections. We know enough people. I think we could do this, but this is when you just don't really think about things all the way through. Yeah, we could do some things like we had connections at some of the comedy clubs in L.A. So if somebody wanted to come in because, you know, Dave Chappelle was in town, we could make that happen. Right. I could call my friend and be like, yo, I need so and so to come in. And that that would be that would be amazing. We you know, we actually even got to meet Dave Chappelle after that, which was kind of funny. Um, you know, and I remember that Dave Chappelle was was sitting outside talking to us and he said, you know, what do you guys do? And me and April said, oh, we're lifestyle enhancers. And he looked at us and he was like, "What the hell did, What the hell does that mean?" And I said, "We basically can give you whatever it is that, you know, that you ask for." And I said, and he was like, "Oh, really?" He's like, I said, "Yeah." And he says, "Well, okay, I I want um I want <laughs> I want a monkey wearing a yellow suit in a hot air balloon. And me and April just looked at each other and we laughed and we were like, okay, yeah, no problem. We chatted a couple more minutes. He left the next day. I printed off a picture of Curious George in a yellow jumpsuit and I photoshopped him onto a hot air balloon. I framed it and I sent it to his office. I don't know if he ever got it, but if he did, I hope he got the joke. Needless to say, that shit was a massive fail, okay? Then I decided that I was going to make bags So I made a lot of handbags and clutches and all this cute stuff and I was going to sell them and that was going to be my next stick. But I didn't want to do it the way I did itty bitty wear because that scared the living but Jesus out of me. So I started attending these like pop up events where you could like get a booth and you would set up your, you know, whatever goods you had and people would come and they were all whack. You know, hardly attended by people. Um, they just weren't very profitable. I basically sat there all day waiting for somebody to ask me about these bags that I really wasn't passionate about, but was doing it because I thought it was the next thing to do. Because I was just trying to find something that would work, that would bring me extra money so I wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. And I barely was, was living paycheck to paycheck even then. That got really whack really fast and I stopped doing it. Then I decided that I was gonna sew for hire and that came out of accident. And a lot of you know this story, but I'm just gonna recap it for some of you. I had sort of I had started the blog. And, you know, uh, let me, about about the blog. I started a blog, the very first blog I started was back in 2008. It was called Domestic Haven. If you have been following me since back then, you, oh, man, you are a real one. Because I think I posted three times the entire life of that <laughs> blog. Because I didn't know what the hell it was. And then I started one more after that, which I can't even remember what it was. But some of y'all hardcore followers know. So if you do send me an email, remind me what it was. Um, but when I started Mimi G style, I, like I said, I had no intent. It was just another blog, but this time I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to, you know, be consistent in posting because I wanted it to be a journal, something I could look back upon. And, you know, my aha moment, what I realized I was supposed to do came from a, a point in my life where I wasn't expecting it at all. It just sort of showed up. And the way it showed up was I had posted something I really had, loved me, I was a, a regal maxi skirt, I had made it, I loved it, I posted it, people went crazy about it, they wanted to buy it. I mean, I got emails all the time, like, please let me buy this skirt. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take some orders, I'm gonna sell this skirt, I'm gonna make money, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna see how that goes. So I, I decided I was gonna post on the blog, hey, for the next 24 hours, I'm gonna take orders on this skirt, And, you know, I expected maybe one or two orders because I priced really high, about like 200 and some dollars for that skirt. And I posted it. I went to bed. I put the PayPal link. I woke up the the next morning and I had thousands of dollars in my PayPal account and so many orders. And I was like, oh, shit, who is going to make these skirts I waited to the very last minute, thank God that I gave myself like three to four weeks before shipping. I waited to the last minute to get those skirts done. And when I tell you everybody in my house was working, everybody in my house was working, okay? The kids were cutting, the ex-husband, everybody was working trying to get those skirts done. I shipped them all out and I thought, I will never in life do that again. I hate sewing for hire. I do not enjoy it at all. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, my gosh, what if I could just teach them to make this damn skirt? There it was. I could teach them to make the skirt. So I got a camera. We set everything up. And I filmed my very first tutorial and I put it up as a digital download, which back then was not easy because I used some shit called payloads and that was a nightmare. I had to manually send the file to everybody. It wasn't as easy as it is now. And, but I set it up as a digital download for like $9 and it sold like hotcakes. And I thought, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. I teach. Now, prior to that, Actually, after that, I even had a little moment where I thought, I don't want to be a, I don't want to have a blog. I want to be a fashion designer. And that's when I tried putting the collection on the runway. And that did really well. And it was a really great experience. But I realized I don't want to be a fashion designer. I want to be a teacher. I teach. That's what I do. That is my why. When people ask me what it is that I do, why people are so attracted to my business, why I have such a loyal following, why I grow at such a rapid pace continuously, it's because I know my why, okay? That is, that, that's a whole podcast episode about knowing your why, and I will cover that. But I knew my why, and it came unexpectedly, but I knew this is what I was supposed to do. And then that's when everything changed for me. And that's when Mimi G Style sort of was born as a business and then started to grow. Now, I had 11 years, 11 years, from my first idea of becoming an entrepreneur and started Mimi at Your Service to when I launched Mimi G Style and started Mimi G Style Inc as a business. That's a long time, you guys. Trust me. There were moments in there where I ran out of patience, where I thought, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I can't do this. I'm not built for it. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough skill set. People don't think I can do it. My family doesn't support me. I mean, there are endless thoughts of why I couldn't do this, but I kept going. Every time something failed, I just kept going. I just kept trying to figure out what was the next thing. I learned a lot of shit along the way. I learned to focus on how far I had come versus where I was. Now, listen, if you guys know my story, you know that I... I ran away from home when I was 15 years old, I've been homeless, I'm a, you know, I've been through sexual abuse, domestic violence, I mean, you name it, I've been through it. Whenever I got to a point where I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore, I would just think about how far I had come. How far I had come from being in a place where, yeah, I was scraping up shit off, a, off the side of somebody's toilet but they were paying me and I was going home and I could feed my kids. And then the next day I could go up to my job and then on my time off and on the weekends and after work, I had this side hustle that was helping me. And that was better than when I was standing on the corner of Vermont in LA begging people for money, trying to feed my kid. So whenever I felt like I couldn't do it, I would just remind myself about how far I had come. Now yours might not be that drastic, but just think about where you have come and what you have left to accomplish. Then I stopped comparing myself to others. So a lot of times, and this is going to sound really crazy, but a lot of times when I would go through, through my timeline, either on Facebook or, or on Instagram, and I would feel like I was comparing myself and beating myself up, I would unfollow whoever made me feel that way. Now, they weren't making me feel shit. I was making me feel that way. But I did it not because I didn't want to follow or support them anymore. I did it because I didn't understand how to stop myself from feeling like shit every time I saw somebody doing something great and I wasn't doing it. So in order for me to not do that to myself, the only thing I could think of was to unfollow so I just didn't see it. And then when I got my shit together, I could follow again. And it sounds drastic, but you have to do whatever is going to work for you. Okay? Whatever is going to work for you. Once I stopped comparing myself to other people and just decided that I can only do what I can only do and people are going to have to follow me because they like me and I'm different than everybody else because no one is the same, then I was able to move forward. Then I asked questions and did so much research about what I was doing. How do you do... How do you start a YouTube channel? How do you bring in an audience? How do you do this? How do you do that? I mean... I'm for crying out loud. We live in, in, a, in a time where we have Google. OK, I didn't have Google doing all this shit 11 years prior to me starting Mimi G style. OK, I had to take literally take my ass to the library or to the bookstore and buy a book on how to build a website because I didn't know how to do a logo, how to learn graphics. I literally have taught myself everything about running my business when you see me meet style you see the logo you see the site you see the coding you see the promos you see the ads i do that shit okay now yes i can hire other people to do it but when i couldn't i did it and if i didn't know how to do it i googled it went to the bookstore learned it asked somebody because that's what you have to do there's really no excuse if you want to learn how to start a boutique fucking google that shit like seriously, there's no excuse to not, not do your research, not learn everything that you can about what you, what you want to do. Then I decided, and this is important, I decided that I'd rather deal with the pain of effort versus dealing with the pain of regret. I spent a lot of time dealing with the pain of regret, regretting shit I could have done, I should have done, and I didn't and I decided that I wasn't gonna do that anymore. I rather live with the pain of effort. And let me give you an example. When I get up in the morning at five o'clock and I take my ass to the gym to go work out, I hate it in my head. I probably complain about the entire way. I tell myself I can't, I'm too tired, my body hurts. And the whole time I'm doing it, I hate it. But after I'm done, I feel great. And I rather deal with the pain of the effort I'm putting into working out, then deal with the regret I'm going to feel the rest of the day because I didn't do that shit, right? I'd rather deal with the pain of effort than deal with the pain of regret. Then I learned to walk away. Listen, giving up isn't failing. If you know the difference between you're just lazy, okay, be real with yourself, you're just lazy, you don't like hard work, and you just give up on some shit, And then knowing when something isn't working and that you need to move on, right? So for me, I knew at different points during Mimi at Your Service and Itty Bitty Wear and Lifestyle Enhances and the Bags and Sewing for Hire, at some point I knew this isn't working, okay? I need to quit doing it and find something else. You need to know when it's not working and you need to move on. The biggest one is I learned to be patient. I learned to be patient with myself and with the process and knowing that it will come when it's supposed to come. Patience was and still is an absolute struggle for me, but I have to remind myself that anything of great value takes diligence and consistency. And once I learned to be patient, then I needed to learn how to change my thoughts. So I hope I've answered that very first question about how you keep going when you just don't feel like it. First of all, you guys know my motto. I post about it all the time, fuck your feelings. I don't give a shit how you feel, do it anyway. Okay, do it anyway. Now to the second email about, great, change the way you think. Sounds easy enough, but how do you do it? I can't tell you how everybody else does it. I can tell you what what I did, what worked for me. So here are seven things that helped me reframe my mind and my thoughts. The first one was I needed to decide to change. Now we do that all the time, especially for fitness and health, right? I'm tired of being overweight. I'm tired of being feeling unhealthy. I'm going to change. And then you don't, right? You don't do it. That is the same thing with your thoughts, with changing how you think about things. You need to decide To change it and then actively do something to change it. So that was the first thing I decided I was gonna change it. Then I started to write it down. I wanted to write down what I wanted, be specific about it, and that's one of the actionable to dos in one of these podcast episodes. I don't remember which one. But here's the thing start with just one thing, okay? Focus on one thing. Because when you try to think about all the negative thoughts that you have in your life and you're trying to change all of these things, it seems overwhelming. Pick one thing, write down one thing that you want to manifest into your life or change in your life and then focus on changing your thoughts about that one specific thing. Okay, don't worry about everything else. Just do this one thing and focus on that. And once you start to change the conversation that you have in your head and in yourself about this one thing, then add two things then add three things. Just take it a little bit at a time. Then I took time to think. We go about our daily lives all the time and there's constant noise happening all day long. Okay, We either have the radio on or the TV is on or people are talking or we're at work or we're walking down the street and the horns and this and that. Take time to think. So instead of, let's say, getting ready in the morning and you turn the news on, turn that shit off. Get ready in silence. Halfway of your commute to work, do it in silence. You'd be amazed how many thoughts you have in your head when you're sitting in complete silence. Maybe do it at night before you're going to go to bed. Whatever it is, I don't care. But set out a couple of minutes to sit in complete silence by yourself and think. Because unless you think, you're not aware of what thoughts you're fully having. And then I started to pay attention. Man, we have a conscious mind and an unconscious mind. We have a million lies that we have told ourselves over our lifetime. And it takes a lot of time and patience to retrain yourself. So, for example... You know, we have our conscious mind that helps us solve problems, helps us decide on what we're doing. Then we have the unconscious mind that, you know, we breathe and do all these things that we don't need to think about. Okay. So a good example of that is like learning to drive. When you first learn to drive, you're paying attention to everything. You know, you're like two and 10 and you're like stopping and you're making sure that, you know, you're yielding at yellow and you're stopping at a stop sign and you're watching for pedestrians. And then 10 years down the road, I leave work and I drive home and I have absolutely no fucking recollection of how I got from one place to the other. That's my unconscious mind at work. Now, I read somewhere that we have between 60 and 90,000 thoughts per day. 96 of those thoughts are the same as the day before and only 4% are new thoughts that's crazy. Most of those thoughts happen in our unconscious mind, so we're not even aware of them. Do you realize what that means? That means that if you have spent your entire life, right, and it's not our fault. This is just the way we grew up. Many of us, anyway. Having, you know, uh, most of our thoughts being consumed with worry and disappointment and uh, negativity. That's what's in our unconscious mind all the time. So if yesterday you had nothing but negative thoughts, then today 96% of those thoughts is the same shit you thought yesterday. And you only have 4% of new thoughts. You better make that 4% count. So every day you have to retrain yourself to start thinking differently because your unconscious mind is telling you all the shit you can't do and all the negative things you are thinking, whether you realize it or not. Then I had to increase my hustle to match my thoughts. Now, listen, this is not new. This law of attraction, I know that it's popular and everybody talking about it and they've got books and, you know, and all this stuff. But this is not new. And let me tell you something. I'm not a super religious person. I don't go to church on Sunday. Well, maybe some Sundays I go. Um, you know, i I don't know chapter and verse in the Bible. I probably couldn't even sit and have a, a real conversation about it because I, i'm I'm just not that religious. I'm very spiritual and I do believe in God, so I will say that, but for the most part, I couldn't really, you know give you a whole lot of information when it comes to that area. Now you sit down with my mama and my mama got you, okay? But I wanted to research something before I did this episode, I wanted to research really how far this, this sort of law of attraction idea goes back. And I came across an article that was talking about, um, the chapter of, or the book Matthew in the Bible. And so I found this to be super interesting. So I'm going to share it in Matthew 21, it says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Whether you call it God or you call it, you know, the universe or you Buddha or wh- whatever, it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter to me, whatever it is for you. It brings me to my next point. You have to believe it in order for it to work. So the young lady who emailed me and said, you know, the law of attraction where you just repeat shit over to yourself over and over again. No, no, that's not how the law of attraction works. You have to believe it in order for it to work. So whatever you ask in prayer, or in in your thoughts, or in your meditation, or in whatever you do, you will receive if you have faith, hashtag if you believe, okay, then that means that you have to believe that it's actually going to work for you. So let me give you an example. If you're telling yourself, I am successful, I am successful, I am successful, I am successful all day long, you talk about you successful, but you struggle with fear and insecurity, your subconscious mind is going to tell you that you're not good enough, that you don't have what it takes, and it's going to repeat that over and over again because it's, and your unconscious mind knows that it's a lie. You're not successful. You're trying to be or become successful, but you're not successful right now. So you have to rephrase it. So if you want to be healthy and fit, I'm healthy and fit, I'm healthy and fit, I'm healthy and fit, but you're sitting on the damn couch eating Oreos and watching, uh, you know, Hip Hop Atlanta or whatever the hell y'all watching, that is not making you healthy and fit. So your unconscious mind knows that no matter what you're saying to yourself, it is not true. So if you're sitting there saying, I'm fit and I'm healthy, but you're not doing anything to make you fit and healthy. Your unconscious mind knows that you're lying. So it sends a negative vibration. That is how the law of attraction works. You have to be careful about how you use it because it's not enough for you just to repeat something over and over again. You have to match your hustle to your thoughts. Okay. Now rephrase it. Change how you're saying it so that you could believe it. Because when you say something that's untrue, even though you want it to happen, right? You say something that's untrue, your unconscious knows, your soul knows it's not true. It's not going to be manifested. You're not going to manifest it. But if you say, for example, I am doing everything possible to be fit and healthy. And then you take your lazy ass to the gym and you work out. That is a true statement. That is sending out a positive vibration. Even if you're just walking around the neighborhood a couple times, you are actively doing something. That's how the law of attraction works. You can't just sit on the couch and say all of these things and expect them to come. You have to really believe that you're capable, one, of having it, that you deserve to have it, and that you believe it's going to happen for you. And if you can't get that part right, you're right. It's not going to work. It's not going to always work. And you need, to be, you need to be conscious of that. All right, guys. Here's your actionable to-do. I put a list together of my favorite books. Print it out, pick one, and start reading it, okay? Please send me an email. Let me know what it is that you chose to read. I'm so excited. These are books that I've read, that I love, that I think are powerful, and have, have certainly helped me, okay? I want to give you resources, now, we did the email segment earlier, earlier on, right? Because that's how I started. But please, you know, if you want to talk your shit, you want to send me an email, you want to ask a question, you, want, you need advice on something specific, please email us at businessshit@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, in order for your business to succeed, it must be the shit it needs to solve a problem, help your client or customer get past their current stage, earn respect and build trust. I'm out.